Good morning, everyone. I'm Mark. I am one of the pastors here, and this is E3, where we are going through a series called Intentional Acts of Discipleship. Uh, seems like just about every time I, I speak, uh, somebody will uh, come up and say, wow, are you a fly on my wall, or, or, oh, wow, you know, that sermon was for me today, and um, it always makes me feel great, you know, because it's like, wow, the Holy Spirit is, is using uh, his, his, his word and my experience and, and, and blessing people. But sometimes uh, when, I'm, when I'm teaching, I'm like, wow, God, thank you for this scripture uh, because I need this. I, I need to be in, it, I needed this this week and I needed your guidance and I needed these tools to navigate through uh, whatever I'm going through. And so today this sermon is for me. You can listen, but, uh, but I just, I, sometimes I just, I'm like, uh, God's sovereignty is so amazing that, that today's uh, scripture uh, uh, is, is literally just uh, uh, been a blessing in, in my life uh, this week and moving forward. And I'm actually really excited to share with you uh, just what God has taught me this week through, through his word. So we're going through uh, the first, basically jumping around the first five chapters of the book of Acts. It's basically, uh, Acts is about the beginning of the church and, and just all like the craziness that was going on, just like all the craziness that happens when any new thing starts. People uh, confused, uh, people, you know, a bunch of different people coming together who don't know each other. Uh, there's, there's problems, there's successes, there's all this just big mashup as a group of people are learning to be the body of Christ. So, our kind of launching verse for this series has been Acts 2.4.2, which is all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship and to sharing in meals and to prayer. And today we're going to be looking at the prayer aspect of, of, of what they devoted to. We've looked at teaching, uh, we've looked at, at sharing and uh, uh, next week, Pastor Eric will talk about fellowship, but today we're going to be talking about prayer. Now, prayer is something that many of us approach differently uh, because we all have different personalities. Uh, sometimes people like me who really experience God by doing uh, uh, that, that sometimes I feel guilty when I see other people who are just uh, prayer warriors. And I'm like, well, why, you know, why can't I go fast and, and, and pray for days on end and things like that? And, uh, you know, as we kind of take a step back, you know, prayer is having a conversation with God. That's probably for, you know, a simple guy like me is, is, is the easiest. I have this relationship with Jesus, and, and I'm, I'm having this conversation, acknowledging him as Lord and Savior, and, and having this conversation of, of not only is he my king, not only is my, he my Savior, but he's also my friend. And, and sometimes, you know, with 
conversations with friends. Sometimes they're very, you know, they're casual, not a lot's going on. And then other times, you know what, the, you know, the, the house is on fire and, and, and the, you know, the dog has run away and, and all sorts of different things, right? Right, yes. So, so uh, you know, it's like during those times, it's like, you know, you, you need, you know, you're earnestly crying out to God. We've talked about, you know, the Chewbacca-type prayers and, and things like that. Uh, today we're going to be looking at, at kind of a prayer that, that the early church did when they faced adversity, when they f- faced circumstances that were beyond their control. And, and at first glance, at first reading, you're going to maybe just like, well, that's not really relevant to me. But I think as we dig more into it, uh, as I did this week, that that it'll actually be something that hopefully you'll apply to your life. In fact, I uh, was praying last night and I went through what I learned in this scripture and just, it, it guided my prayer. So, Basically, the context, we're going to be in Acts chapter 4 today. And basically, the context is this. Peter and John, the uh, two apostles, that they were uh, teaching about Jesus outside of the temple. And they came across a guy who had been crippled for 40 years. And they get in a conversation with him and, and actually heal him in the name of Jesus Christ. So good thing, right? I mean, just like, wow, dude's been, you know, crippled for, lame for, for 40 years. You know, the, uh, Peter and John in faith, you know, uh, heal him and do, you know, this wonderful act of, of the gospel. But unfortunately, even, their mo- even though their motives were pure, even though they were trying to glorify Christ, other people misinterpreted what uh, they were trying to do and got really, really upset about it. So much so that the religious rulers threw Peter and John into prison that night. And you're like, what? You know, why, why would they do that? You know, why, you know, and, and this was just, you know, they, they were like, hey, these guys are bad. These guys are causing uh, problems and things like that. And they, it was in the evening. They didn't know what to do with them. So they threw them in prison. So the next day, uh, they pull them in front of, of the religious rulers, and they're all like, what do you think you're doing? You know, you're talking about this Jesus, you're, you're healing people, and the, and the, and the guy who uh, was lame and could walk was, was there, and, and everybody was praising Jesus, but there was a certain group of people, the authority was saying, you know what, you know, you guys, you guys are not of God, that your, your intentions are ill and, and, and things like that. But it got to a point where uh, they felt if they arrested them again, that there was going to be a riot. So what they decided to do was just release them. So it's interesting. Uh, we pick up in verse 23, and the scripture picks up here. And I'm going to read through it, and then we're going to circle back around and go through and, and pull out some of the real practical depth of what's going on. So you have the context of what's going on. In verse 23, as soon as they were freed, Peter and John returned to the other believers and told them what the leading priests and elders had said. When they heard the report, all the believers lifted their voices together in prayer to God. So the first thing they do, they have this adversity that 
that the uh, leading priests and elders are saying, you know, you guys are trouble, that you, you know, you are false teachers, that there's all this, you know, rotten stuff going on. The first thing that they do is turn to God and they pray this, O sovereign Lord, creator of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them, you spoke long ago by the Holy Spirit through your ancestor David, your servant saying, why are the nations so angry? Why did they waste their time with futile plans? The kings of the earth prepare for battle. The rulers gathered together against the Lord and against his Messiah. In fact, this is happening here in this very city. For Herod Antipas, Pontius Pilate, the governor, the Gentiles, and the people of Israel were all united against Jesus, your Holy Spirit, whom you anointed. But everything you did, but everything they did was determined beforehand according to your will. And now, O Lord, hear their threats and give us, your servants, great boldness in preaching your word. Stretch out your hand with healing power. Uh, may miraculous signs and wonders be done through your name of your holy servant, Jesus. And then the last verse we're going to read is, After this prayer, the meeting place shook, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Then they preached the word of God with boldness. Will you guys pray with me? God, I just uh, thank you for today and this community, and um, we all go through different periods in our life, different periods of our relationship with you, uh, uh, relationship with one another, relationship with people who are not part of our, our community. And God, uh, I just pray today as we uh, unpack the gift of your scripture that, that you will equip us to follow you, to glorify you with uh, our actions and with our words, that you will strengthen us, that you will make us intentional in our acts of discipleship. We love you, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. So in this prayer, uh, as, I, as I studied it this week, uh, I actually came up with, there's six different sections of this prayer. And it's kind of interesting. I started with one or, or two or, or three, obviously, and then I kept on like going back through and reading it again. And, and other parts, you know, the Holy Spirit kept on revealing other parts. I'm like, oh, that's good. You know, that, that's really awesome. And then by, by, the, by the time that, that uh, I was at the end and, and felt like I was fully marinated and I went back through and, and I highlight and circle and do all sorts of different things. The whole thing was just completely, you know, uh, just uh, different colors and all this kind of stuff. So this is what I'm going to share with you. I'm going to, I don't often encourage you guys to write things down, but I think that these six things, especially when you're going through adversity, uh, could be very, very helpful. And if you're sitting there going, I'm never going to go through ad adversity, slap yourself. Because you know what? It's either now or it's coming. So this is very, very practical. Um, so this is how the believers prayed in this prayer. 
after this great adversity, after, after basically the church has come on the radar, the leaders are under attack, they had been thrown in prison, that, that there's, uh, the church is going to start being persecuted. The first thing that they did was they praised God and acknowledged his authority, his power, and his lordship. And I just love that, that the first thing is, hey, you know what? Verse 24b, O sovereign Lord, creator of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them. They're, they're just saying, God, you are God, and we are not. God, you are God, and we acknowledge your authority. We acknowledge your power. We ex- acknowledge your lordship. That this is not about us. It is about you, that we are followers of you. And that's the first thing that like it, when we're going through adversity, when we're going through struggles is, is, you know what? Acknowledge that God is God and you are not. That, that there are going to be things that happen, and, but God is in control. I love the next thing that they did uh, is they went to Scripture. They went to Scripture. They're, they're experiencing something. They're, they're experiencing adversity and they went to Scripture to, to try to find strength, try to find context, try to find what is going on. Because I believe that, that this is God's Word. And He's preserved every word that is in Scripture. And, uh, and all Scripture is good for teaching and instructing and helping us. So, you know what, the answer is in there, the context is in there, at the very least to realize that, you know what, when it seems like the world is against you, that, that you know what, you are not the only one, that it has been happening for thousands of years. And they go back to Scripture, they go to Psalms chapter 2, verse 1 and 2, and they, in their prayer, they quote this Scripture, Why were the nations so angry? Why did they waste their time with futile plans? The kings of the earth prepared for battle. The rulers gathered together against the Lord and against his Messiah. Talking about, you know what? All the nations of the earth, all the the people, everybody in authority was against God and was against Jesus. I'm guilty of this. Many times I, I, I forget that give me a little bit of grace how this comes out but i i forget the reality that that they crucified our messiah like i mean obviously we all know that but you a lot of times you you know it's like well jesus everybody loved jesus no everybody did not love jesus jesus did everything right jesus never sinned and they still killed him and we are followers of jesus And why do we feel that we're going to be spared from adversity when he was not? So, you know, going back, and you know, a lot of times, you know, it's like times like this for at least me right now that this this is real. And for you, maybe now or in the future, it's going to be real. And it's important for us to know how the early believers under the instruction of the apostles, how did they intentionally move through adversity? Number three, they told God their specific problem. They didn't go unspoken. 
They told God exactly what the problem is. They quoted scripture and they went right into verse 27. They said, in fact, in fact, God, this has happened here in this very city. And then they start naming people for Herod Antipas, Pontius Pilate, the governors, the Gentiles, and the people of Israel were all united against Jesus, your Holy Spirit, whom you anointed. That's real specific. They're like, you know what? The government is against us. Our church leaders are against us. The non-religious people are against us. And they're all united against our Lord and Savior, Jesus. And now they're coming after us. And then I think the next one is so important. Number four, they acknowledged his sovereignty. God, you are God and we are not. Then they go to scripture and say, hey, this has happened before and, and, and we know that you understand. Then they tell them the specific problem and then they acknowledge God's sovereignty saying, you know what? Verse 28, but everything they did was determined beforehand according to your will. Basically saying, you know what, no matter what we are going through, it is not a surprise to God. That God is sovereign. God is in control. Now, we can ask God, if you're in control, why are you allowing this? This hurts. This is unfair. I don't like it. That's okay, God, go back to point number one, is Lord. Creator of all. He can handle your questions. But also know that all things work together for his good, for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. That doesn't mean everything is going to work out. But it does mean that, you know what, God is sovereign, God is control. And you know what, you may be surprised, but God is not. And God is sovereign. And then number five, they asked for his help. Number five, they asked for his help. Verse 29, and now, O Lord, hear their threats and give us your servants great boldness in preaching your word. Stretch out your hand with healing power. Many may miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. They're asking for God's help. Peter and John had just been thrown into prison for what? Healing. And they're saying, you know what, God? We need your help. We need your help for boldness. We need your, your help to, uh, to move through this adversity that's real. It's not imagined. Our two dear brothers, uh, Peter and John, who are our apostles, our pastors, have just been thrown into prison. And you know what? In our own flesh, you know what we want to do? We want to retreat. We want to hide. We want to say, you know what? If people don't want to be healed, then whatever. If people don't want to hear about 
uh, the saving grace of, of Jesus Christ, then whatever. And they're saying, you know what? We need help because we cannot do it in ourselves. He said, give us great boldness in, your pre in preaching of your word and stretch out your healing power. And I just, I just love that. So they praised God and acknowledged his authority. They went to scripture. They told God their specific problem. They acknowledged his sovereignty, and then they asked for help. And then finally, and I think we miss this all so often, they went forward with the gospel, with the power God supplied. Verse 31, after this prayer, the meeting place shook. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Then they preached the word of God with boldness. They prayed. Then the same, they were indwelled with the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. Indwelled in them and gave them the boldness to, to continue proclaiming the gospel in a hostile world. And last night, you know, when I, I was praying before I was going to go to bed, I, I went through these, these six things. It was like, God, you know, you are great. You are God. I am not. That I praise you that you have authority not only in my life, but everybody's life. And I say, God, number, number two, two, I actually, I, I went to Scripture. And, and I was actually uh, just kind of working through different Scripture and, and working through some, uh, some of the Psalms. In fact, I actually, if we had time, I, I have a whole nother message <laughs> based on uh, Psalm chapter 5, uh, uh, and uh, just kind of flowed, you know, just like I was like, oh, this is so wonderful, and I'm like, but we don't have time for it, but, but just, you know, it'll, it'll come another time, but just going to Scripture, and it was just so life-giving, and then I told God the specific problem. He knows. It's no surprise, but I was like, God, you know what? Here's the issues that, that, that you know what, are, are killing me right now. And, and you know what, I know you know, but this, this is the specific problem. But then going and just saying, God, I, I know you're sovereign. I know that this is, this is not a mystery to you. And then I asked for his help. I said, God, this is outside of my control. And you know what? I need you to supernaturally intervene in my life. And this morning, not in my own power, but in the power that, that of the Holy Spirit, I am here proclaiming the gospel to you today. Because honestly, it was the first time in my life that I was looking for a way out. I wanted to wallow in my own self-pity. And, you know, I don't know where you are today, but the reality is, 
you know, I mean, I've gone through adversity in my life before. You know, you've gone through adversity. We're going to go through it again. And this is why community is so important. This is why doing life together is so important, because I can tell you that there's been people in this community who have come and who've, you know, just knowingly or unknowingly spoken words of life into me this week. And I often wonder, you know, when I see other people going through stuff, you know, and who don't have a real authentic faith community, that how alone is that? You know, I, a lot of times, I mean, it's, it's nice that we come together and we sing and, 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 uh, and, and praise God, and, and that's important. But you know what? The church, when it shines is in the relationships that we build and that, you know what, we make allowances for one another's faults and we say, you know what, you are wonderfully made. You know what, you are God's masterpiece created anew in Christ Jesus to do the things that he has planned for you long ago. And you know what, God is sovereign and he has a place for you and that you are important. And I think as we you know, this too shall pass. And you know what? Uh, in fact, a, a friend uh, last night said, can't wait to hear the sermon on this one. You know what? I'm not ready for it yet. <laughs> but yeah, we'll talk about it someday. But you know what? The reality is that, that adversity is not new. We did not create it. It's been happening for thousands of years. The first church went through it. Our Lord and Savior went through it. And in Acts 2.4.2, when the church formed, they did four things. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. That they devoted themselves to each other in fellowship. That they shared their resources for the glory of God. And they prayed. Because prayer is powerful, and when we pray, we are being intentional, saying, you know what, God, this life is too big for me, and we need you. You are God, and I am not. You guys pray with me. 